Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It's time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 217, recording this live February 1st, 2016. That, for those that don't know, is the day before Bruce Springsteen invades Toronto on his The River Tour, hence the get-up, not the karate kid. As Asif called me just a second ago, uh, my name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, soon to be in Toronto, later tomorrow for the show. Joining me as usual, but not in his usual place, not Bruce Springsteen. Yes, Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. I am in Munich, Germany, uh, getting set for the uh, LOCA conference, which is the next two days over here. Super excited about that. Uh, and I'm surrounded by BMWs everywhere. Like, literally, I am, like, my hotel and the conference is in the heart of BMW campus land. So, like, every building, as far as I can see, is a BMW building. It's crazy. You know what's crazy is that they have all those BMWs, but they lack a good internet connection. How is that possible? Yeah. Spend, oh, yeah. spend your money wisely. Well, you I, I bet you if you went into a BMW, you could actually get better Wi-Fi connectivity than you're getting right now. I'm just saying. I yeah. am just saying. Yeah. All right. Well, this is episode 270. As you can see, Asif is, is far away from home. Um, and uh, we're doing this pretty early in the morning, my time, pretty late in the uh, early in the afternoon, his time. Uh, but we want yeah. to power through these uh, these uh, stories so that I can get on the road and, and get to go and see Bruce Springsteen. It's a life-changing event for my kids, I'm sure. Now, does, Prince, does Springsteen tell us like what the groundhog is going to say or what? Uh, you know what? I bet you he will. And his word, okay. if Springsteen sees his shadow tomorrow, spring will be upon us. Come okay, on. Okay, there you go. Well, you know what? We're suffering from this right now. We've got uh, like 8 degrees Celsius here in Ottawa, and it's going to be the same thing in Toronto, but the winds are like 60 to 70 kilometers an hour, which is crazy. And then uh, in typical Canadian weather fashion, it is going to dip to minus 15 tonight Celsius, which uh, is just over like 1 or 2 degrees Fahrenheit, and it will be snow, blowing snow, blinding snow. So you know what? I'm really happy. A buddy of mine, uh, Rob Marangeli, uh, said, listen, don't don't drive to Toronto buy train tickets and guess what i thought oh that's an added expense but guess what i'm so thankful because we'll get on the train tomorrow and not have to worry about driving so there you go jelly yes there you go it's the same here by the way weather wise kind of it's freaky this year right like it's it's 12 degrees outside right now it's absolutely not a speck of snow anywhere wow here um yeah well, you know, I watched, uh, I'm not afraid to, and, and I'm not embarrassed to admit it, I watched the live production of Grease yesterday. I don't know if ah. you, you heard about this, right? It was like, like Grease Live. Only that Carly Rae Jepsen is in it. Carly Rae Jepsen is in it, and she did a good job. And, and uh, you know what? I was, it was, you know what? I, I liked it. I'm like, I saw Grease in, in 1976, and it was the one of the most influential movies of my entire lifetime. John Travolta, Danny Zuko, like, come on. A hickey from Kaniki is like a hallmark card when you want to send the very best. Like these are these are this is epic, and my kids watched it. Um, so I, I take all that. I, you know, it was a, it was a good production, but man, the behind the scenes stuff that they did on Facebook was was so good. So they did Facebook Live. So if you went to the Facebook page for Go Grease, they did all of these live interviews. They showed people running around crazy as it was happening, and that stuff is much more fascinating. Like I tune into Twit Leo Laporte's network. 
between shows so I can see how they do all the production stuff between the shows. The shows, meh. The between the show stuff, awesome. So I really like how they use social and local uh, stuff to be able to broadcast this, uh, especially with Facebook Live, which is rolling out across the country. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. And the, and the show was actually, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. That's my, that's my endorsement. It's no Bruce Springsteen show. <laughs> All right. So uh, what do you say? You got any uh, um, announcements there for the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association, Asif? Uh, just a couple of events that uh, are obviously coming up in the next little bit. Uh, we've got uh, an event in New York uh, chapter this week. Uh, the Toronto chapter next week on the 10th uh, is hosting an event on location and loyalty with some great speakers coming together for that. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, you know, there's a lot going on. We're, we're in the busy season now. Um, and then, of course, Retail Loco, just around the corner now, March 13th during South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Rob will be there. I will be there. A fantastic lineup. A lot of new speakers uh, from past, uh, you know, in contrast to past retail logos. Um, you know, we've got Office Depot. We've got uh, the, a guy from the Miami Marlins. We've got Condé Nast. We've got, I just got yesterday, uh, John Barbados. Um, you know, so, so some pretty interesting uh, retailers and brands uh, sharing their insights. So should be good. That's cool. That's very cool. Um Yes, the Miami Marlins. That that's uh, not a team that's going to move to Montreal. No, no, but should no. somebody? But should. it is a team that has beacons throughout the stadium. That yeah, just like uh, City Field in uh, in New York, yeah. right? So so we're going to hear about that. There ah, cool. And you know what? We're going to hear about. Um, I think a lot of stuff like Isle Labs, even our first story that I'm not even going to talk about for for one second now is talking about uh, you know beacons in stadiums. So wow, maybe this is a trend. All right, well, uh, this episode is brought to you, of course, by Samsung, our great sponsor, Samsung. There is a lot more that I'm going to be talking about Samsung later on in the show, including an insane and incredible infographic about in-store sales and augmenting in-store sales, right from insights.samsung.com. So if you can't wait till then, if you're sitting there at a computer and you're listening to this or watching this and you want to be able to go, go now, Samsung. Uh, insights.samsung.com, and uh, you will see a uh, one of the top stories is closing retail sales in-store. I'm coming back to that. That's a little teaser. We got our 10 stories, of course, our member news and our industry news. Uh, this is going to be a good show. Should we get it kicked off? Let's do it. Are you sure? Yeah. This is me uh, stalling to see where my first story is. Ah, yes. Here we go. Our first story is uh, the aforementioned Isle Labs. Now, this is a Toronto company, isn't it, Asif? It is. We should be proud of this company, shouldn't we? I'm proud of Toronto, Rob. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Not the teams, the city. Oh, maybe the Raptors, right? Eleven in a row. Raptors are doing okay. Yeah, exactly. They're a nice little run. They're a nice little run. Yeah, exactly. I don't like I don't like basketball, but hey, if you do like basketball, you you've heard of the Miami Heat. Heard of these guys? I think everybody has. Well, uh, Isle Labs is a company based out of Toronto, and they have been tagged and tapped to actually be the partner, the technology partner for the Miami Heat in the American Airlines Arena. Now they're providing for American Airlines Arena. Uh, navigation, maps, and location-based marketing using beacons and in-stadium in wayfinding. Um, this, is, this is probably the thing that we've been talking about the most around uh, confined areas um, like stadiums. And City Field does this with beacons, and we're just talking about 
uh, Miami Marlins beaconing, beaconizing their stadium. And of course, uh, the Nets play in the Barclays Center, which is probably the most connected and most technically advanced uh, stadium on the planet that was built from the ground up with all the stuff inside of it. So iLabs is using iBeacon and Bluetooth technology to provide what they call blue dot navigation and turn by turn instructions to destinations. I love how people write about this, but it, you think about you know GPS for inside of buildings, and that's exactly what it is for. Um, so it's it's going to be used to help communicate effectively, help navigate effectively, help find uh, short lines, help find um, you know restaurants, restrooms. Um, uh, concessions and of course your way to your seat and your way back from your seat so this is this is a you know i, I think hopefully we see much more of this uh, i'd love to see this implemented i don't know why they just didn't go to the acc which is right next to them which i'll be tomorrow night if i didn't say i'll be there for for a bruce frederick joseph springsteen concert um and his e street band but i don't know why 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 have why do they have to go to miami why can't they do something in toronto why can't they do something in canada why can't we take Canadian technology and implement it inside of Canada before it gets validated, then push it out to the rest of the world. I don't know. But I love this. Iolabs.com. They're powering Miami Heat, the app to provide indoor wayfinding and location-based messaging inside of the arena. Cool? Very cool. Go Canada. All right. Our second story. Now, this this is a uh, an interesting story. And for once, I'm going to slam uh, what? something. What? There's a, a, a group, uh, a working group um, that is looking into privacy issues around location sharing, and they've come out with this, uh, this paper uh, basically uh, saying that retailers everywhere need to create a CCTV-like symbol uh, to inform customers that their location within shopping areas is being tracked through their mobile device. Um, now, just that alone, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with. I think it's okay to, you know, uh, have some sort of visual marker to let people know that there's location tracking technology going on here. But the paper goes on to say that, um, you know, uh, we're collecting all this personal information and the way that the information is collected, like the restrictions that they're suggesting here is ridiculous. Like, like, and I'll quote from the, from the report, the use of air gaps to create non-contiguous data collection areas and ensure the collection only takes place in areas which are relevant to the specified purpose should also reduce the risk of privacy intrusion. And it goes and it talks about like creating these specific zones and only tracking for you know what's going on in your store and and not what's going on like just outside your store and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Like if we're going to put all these rules in place, why use this technology at all um, to do anything? And and it kind of it, it goes against everything that we've been talking about for the last six years at the LVMA. Which is, you know, when you think about location data, it's not only about what happens in the store. It's about understanding where your customer is at all given times and how you can deliver value to them, you know, that's contextual at the right time in the right place that ultimately gets them to the store um, so that you can you can engage them, um, you know, with the right thing. So, you know, I, I, I don't like stuff like this because it really, really kind of, you know, puts the, you know, like just way too much of a focus on privacy when the real focus should be on, you know, making sure that the retailers and the brands that are using these technologies are delivering value. Um, and uh, it's not about privacy, right? It's about every piece of research we've ever conducted. You know, when you talk to the consumers, they are more than willing to share their location. They're more than willing to be tracked if they feel like they're getting what they want 
Um, and that's the key here. It's not about all this technology and limitations on how to use the technology and all this crap that they're talking about. CCTV like symbols makes sense, right? It, it, it's cool to let people know that, you know, there's stuff going on. There's technology here like a camera uh, in the store. Um, so a visual reminder is not a bad thing. So that I accept here. But all this crap around, you know, the specifics of the use of the technology and containing it to specified zones and areas and all this. No, forget about it. It's not going to happen. It's a waste of time. And, um, you know, I, um, that's all I got to say about it. You know, I, I'm in agreement with you. You know, it, it's it's uh, we live in an app economy right now, especially, uh, of course, on the mobile devices. Like, you know, app usage is soaring right now. I'm not talking about downloads. I'm, I'm talking about the apps that you have. We tend to go to the apps before we go to the mobile web. And I think that it's it's incumbent on retailers and anybody with an app that is installed on a device to be upfront about how they're using the data. And I think that that should suffice, is that if I've downloaded the Nordstrom app and uh, I've agreed to their terms of use, then, and, you know, I implore everybody to read it. I say that, it, you know, the only time that I should be notified if something's up is that if those terms change. So if Nordstrom decides to track me in Starbucks and everywhere I go because of a partnership, then, then those the terms, uh, the original terms have changed probably, and then I should just be notified about that. You shouldn't have to do this on a global scale. This is just is cumbersome, and you're right; it will retard the entire industry if this is something yeah. that they're looking at. So I'm, I'm in complete well, agreement. And, and here, here's the one statement that like really blew my mind in this that like I just, I, I just cannot support at all. <laughs> so it goes on and says this: uh, the working group's paper said retailers should not seek to collect and monitor outside their premises and can avoid doing so through careful placement of receivers, limiting data collection through a sampling method and to specify times, time periods of, and times of day. Right. Okay. What? Okay. So okay. like if I really want your product in the middle of the night, you know, and I walk by and all the cool things we've talked about using digital signage and outside of your building and letting people shop from your window, you know, without going into your store because they really want your stuff and, and they're, they happen to be walking by at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. We're not going to let them buy. Bye-bye. Forget it. Flush right? that down the toilet, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully that does not get off the ground. I think we should uh, create a lobby group to uh, lobby against this. Yeah. What do you so think? There you go. All right. All right. Ah, oh, so man, our third story. Maybe this is this actually is a great story, Asif. I it really, is. I really like this because we've talked about these guys before. We've talked about all these companies before. We and 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 I'm so happy to see that actually Link NYC is up and running. I don't know when we talked about a year ago, maybe sometime in the summer. We talked about the fact that they were rolling out these telephone like telephone booth like things on the street corners in New York City that were part digital out of home screen part a device charger and all media broadcast and i think that he, here they finally rolled these things out link nyc has done this and uh, they partner with coors light and shazam so this is this is where it gets very interesting is that uh, they have these things littered across a, a number of neighborhoods across New York City uh, and what they end up doing is they have they're taking trends from Shazam. So the, the, the app that allows you to identify the music that you're listening to on the radio or wherever you are, they're taking localized trends from Shazam and actually allowing people to, who are connected or near these Link NYC um, things to be able to, or to, screens, to be able to download a playlist based on what is being Shazammed in that neighborhood. So it's highly local, highly relevant to that neighborhood 
So it's a combination of these Link NYC uh, stands, the best way I can describe it, as well as uh, Shazam, all the data that you're getting from Shazam. So what you do is you walk up to the screen and you launch Shazam and you are able to download 10 songs that are being Shazammed in that neighborhood. I've heard some critics about this say, you know, oh, you know, how can the music be so different between neighborhood and neighborhood when the music is not different between countries these days? But the thing is that it's not so much about what's popular there. It's about what at that moment, and they're refreshing this every 15 minutes, what is being shazammed at that moment, right? So you could find new trends, you could find new things. But I like this, this convergence of the screen in the middle of the street, the localized information from the neighborhood, and the use of technology to do that, to bridge between Shazam and the mobile device. The only problem is this is a 30-day trial in frickin' February! Like, who is going to go out in the middle of February and sit there in the sh- and Like, New York's not as cold up as it is up here, but it's still freaking winter. And who in their right mind is going to stand by a screen and wait for songs to download or do all that stuff? So, you know what? A-plus on the whole thing and the fact that Link NYC is out there. Coors Light is sponsoring this. Music from local areas. But February, what were you thinking? Like, think. <laughs> think. June? Okay. July? Yeah. August, awesome. May, perhaps. February, uh, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But I like this whole combination. How's that? Maybe they're on the same sort of whole global warming thing that the rest of us are. Right? Well, they're, maybe they're anticipating that February is going to be warmer, that Bruce Springsteen will see his shadow, and there will yeah. be spring will... It's be all going to be good. I just, but I, I, like, I love that when you see these things, and Shazam, of course, right in the oh, middle of that. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, but, but yeah. February, like, hey, get the weather network involved. You know what I'm saying? Like, look up. It's minus degrees out there. Who's standing on a street corner? Well, who's standing on a street corner that's legit? Anyway, that's it. But I like this whole thing. Just poor timing. I can, can I find the bad in everything, Asif? Is that the problem here? You know what it is, Rob? It's, it's that you and I aren't out there creating these things. Yeah. And and we feel a little bit of jealousy. That's what it is. Well, I, I like this combination. Uh, yeah, we it's an about, awesome. We talked about it. And, and uh, you know, it's IPG Media Lab that did the, that came up with the whole concept of the, uh, of this kiosk thing with screens. Um, and it's Intersections Link NYC division. They did it on behalf of that. So it's Link NYC, which is intersection, and it's Shazam, and it's Coors, and it's New York City, and uh, you can't be wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. So good, you good cannot. on that. Except for the weather. All right. Good stuff. All good. right, our fourth story. Now, uh, you've heard of this thing called Apple Pay, yeah? Mm-mm. Right? And we've heard about uh, nope. some good things about it. We've heard some not-so-good things in terms of uh, the speed of, uh, of which it's being adopted in, in, in some cases, in some markets. Um, but uh, I think this is a pretty interesting story. Wells Fargo and Bank of America, both uh, competitor banks, have announced in the last week that they are both uh, working really hard uh, to uh, support Apple Pay at their ATMs. And uh, this is interesting because what I like about this story is is that guys like you know companies like Apple Pay are trying are now starting to figure out that the value of these mobile wallets isn't just you know, in transactions, in in the sense of, you know, buying stuff. But, you know, there's actual utility to the consumer in the security and the ease of use of these platforms. And so what what's happening now is, is these banks are, are recognizing, well, wait a second, you know, we know how insecure a card, like an actual plastic card is that you stick into an, AP, into an ATM, 
you know, and the fraud that can happen from that. Why don't we build, you know, Apple Pay authentication or Android Pay authentication into our terminals? So this is what's happening. So uh, I know with Bank of America, they're they're aiming for end of end of February, end of this month, to start testing this at uh, some of their ATMs in in Silicon Valley, in New York, in Boston, and a few other markets. And uh, so the idea is a cardless ATM, an ATM that, that just you don't, you don't need a card. You just take your phone and it uses near field communications to basically authenticate you. Uh, to your account and then works the same way an ATM has always worked but without a card. And I think this makes sense because it, for me this is a great way to drive adoption of something like Apple Pay, more users onto a platform by increasing the utility of it beyond just you know a transactional payment uh, uh, platform. I think so there you go. It's very smart. It's very smart. I was just looking. There's a great podcast. I don't know if you know aside from this one of course it's the A16Z podcast by Andreessen Horowitz. And there's a great um, recent one from January 29th called When Banking Works Like My Smartphone. And I think that that's where we're getting to as we're trying to, except up here in Canada. God, the banks are so notoriously slow. I just, I have two bank accounts, one with President's Choice, which is a Loblaws uh, white labeled uh, banking. And it's like yeah. no fees. And they just got authentication with a um, fingerprint authentication on the iPhone. Just. And then I, my main bank is with Scotiabank, and guess what they just brought in? Not that, not fingerprint authentication, which is ridiculous, but depositing your checks with a photo. Like, can you believe we're just ah. getting that up here? It's ridiculous. Like, the banking industry is ridiculous. And I think that, you know, I like that there's a broader think here. So I would take a look at this. When Banking Works Like a Smartphone, it's a January 29th podcast by Andreessen Horowitz. Okay? <clears throat> Do it. Sounds good. Do it. All right, uh, our fifth and our last story here before we get into uh, some resources and our member news is this is an interesting one, Asif, um, because I just noticed yesterday Loblaws, I, I say, it's a national chain across Canada, big grocery. Is it the largest grocery store in The largest. Grocery, yeah. yeah. It is the largest grocery chain in Canada, Loblaws. And uh, I love Loblaws. I, I'm unabashed. I love Loblaws. I think that they are great. They have great like blue line. They do uh, points very well. Anyways, I, I think they're doing a lot of things right. But I just noticed that they have stopped as of February 7th this year. They are no longer doing home delivery, which is an interesting thing, right? They've just canceled it across the board. And uh, so, you know, that's that's interesting. But they were using home delivery really about as as a way to help seniors who don't have the ability to, to get their groceries home. So the seniors can walk in there, order, and then have it delivered. Or if you don't have a car, have it delivered. And there's a fee for it. But they've just canceled that. And I found that amazing, even to the point where my wife, Sandra, said, I can't believe they're canceling home delivery. Are they dumb? And I thought, yeah, you know what? They, they really are. They really are for doing that. Uh, they've, they've, now they've got that click and go where you can order things online and you pick it up in the you know a curbside pickup, but it still doesn't help those people who can't get there with a car or right. who are seniors. And so it's it's frustrating. And I think that this gives huge opportunities for companies like Uber and Uber Rush to come into this market. And maybe that's what they're doing. They're prepping Uber and helping their valuations escalate. But I don't understand why companies get out of this. They should be embracing delivery, at least looking at it. Now, a lot of people say that the last mile is not 
uh, very profitable. But the last mile for me is an insurance policy on your business. So if you own the last mile to me, the customer, you've got my loyalty. I will spend more with you. I will not go to, you know, to any other grocery store if you own the last mile with me. So it's a cost of doing business, in my opinion. Or you're going to let companies like Uber Rush and a whole bunch of other things come in there and give me choice, right? And that's not what you want. You don't want to give me choice. You want to keep me as a customer. So that brings us to the story, which is Uber Rush and Nordstrom. This was announced this this past week where Uber Rush is going to do same day delivery for Nordstrom. And they began delivering, um, you know, Uber Rush came about in the fall of 2015 and they've already infiltrated Nordstrom and 1-800-Flowers. They're going to do within a couple of hours, you will get what you ordered from Nordstrom delivered to your house. This is a this is a big deal uh, simply because Uber Rush understands the necessity of that last mile as a customer acquisition tool and a retention tool. You own that last mile, you own the customer, and here's Uber Rush doing that. Um, now, there's also a conversation, I read a great article on TechCrunch from January 28th, where they're talking about how they're also going to be delivering food and opening up the API for Uber Rush into restaurants. And that got kind of, they're, they're basically competing against their own product, which is Uber Eats, which is their food delivery system. So this is, this is a, a basically a, a, a huge, huge opportunity for these companies. I don't believe that this gets rid of some of the established guys like FedEx, because FedEx has the infrastructure to go national and international, right? Um, to be able to do those. But f- yeah. from a local standpoint this is this is this is a big deal i think um and who cares if you lose money now gone are the are the early days of startups and apis like the you know uber rush has to integrate they they go through sap uh they partner with bergen logistics trade global so that handles all the delivery logistics for uh you know uh, big retailers and then uh they're also uh teaming up with startups like um what is it shopping assistant operator and curbside uh, that allows mm-hmm. customers to be able to actually order things and then be get them delivered to the curb. So if you think about this, with an Uber Rush, you order your food um, through curbside or you order your stuff through curbside. And then uh, they th- then the Uber Rush delivering guy picks it up on the curb and drops it off at your house. So this is like this is a huge play for, for Uber Rush. I, I like this quite a bit um, and I like the approach. And if you look at it from a thing like this is not about earning income for Uber and Uber Rush. This is about solidifying the relationship with the last mile so that that you you think of Uber in that vein. And I think that companies, Canadian companies, especially Loblaws, you're missing the boat when you think that it's a cost because the cost of losing me as a customer is far greater than delivering it to my house once a week. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. my rant. Uber Rush for Nordstrom. You like this idea, Steve? I, I like it a lot. I yeah. think it makes sense. Um, you know, I think the pricing point is pretty reasonable from, from the consumer's perspective for, you know, rush delivery. Yep. Um, and I do think that there is a uh, an opportunity for, you know, corporate retail partnerships for Uber, you know, to, as an incremental revenue stream here. And I think smart merchants like, you know, a lot of laws and such should be looking at, you know, if you can't make money yourself on that last mile, Find a partner. then partner with Uber uh, or somebody like that and, and, you know, provide that service to your customers. I totally, and maybe they're opening that up and maybe they're trying to do that. They should be doing that. But the idea that they're giving abandoning and pointing people to pick up, it just, it, it like, I like the click yeah. and go, but well, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't just cancel it like outright, no. like they've done without first, you know, having some sort of replacement strategy, right? It's pretty significant because if you are a senior 
And if you are somebody who is not, is mobily challenged, that can't, you know, that has to take a cab everywhere and has to put the groceries in the cab and all those kinds of things, then then I would start looking at Sobeys. I would start looking at all the other grocery stores that yeah. still offer delivery. And sure. and that that might be the end of those business that business for you. Maybe you don't care, but for me, I would care. I would definitely care. All right, so that is uh, the top five stories. Those are they are right there. Industry news, boom. Some good discussion, good debate. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Reach out to us, rob at untether.tv or asif at the lbma.com. Now, if you think that email is too personal, just reach out at Rob Woodbridge or at Asif Arkan on the Twitter. The Twitter is a good way to do it because it's it's broadcast live and, and you know the nine people that interact with me on, on Twitter will see it. So please, please see Twitter. The, the Twitter is key. The Twitter is the key. All right, let's jump into a couple of resources. You have one, I have one, um, and the, the one I have is from our sponsor, Samsung, which uh, doesn't diminish the value. I know people think about, oh, sponsored content, but no, these guys do good stuff. So we'll start with uh, the uh, Unicast uh, resource that you have, Asif. All right. So, uh, yeah, Unicast, a uh, great company out of, uh, out of Europe over here, uh, Scandinavia, actually, that... Uh, you know, is tracking every beacon company on the planet uh, with the Proxbook uh, piece, and uh, they released the Q4 Proxbook report. And in that was uh, a very interesting stat that uh, they're getting a lot of attention for that says beacons are on track to hit 400 million beacons deployed by the year 2020. Um, and this actually syncs up very nicely with uh, other data coming from another research firm in ABI Research, and the two of them have gotten together and, and kind of realized that their data is actually um, lining up and, and uh, saying the same things. And this is good because this means that, uh, you know, it's not just one research company saying this. It's more than one research company now saying this. And, um, you know, beacons are a big they're a big business. They're growing like crazy. So 400 million by 2020. There's some other great data in there. So just go to proxbook.com, P-R-O-X book.com, and you can see the report there. All right. The other resource we have is from our sponsor, Samsung. Go to insights.samsung.com. We really appreciate the fact that they uh, spend a few dollars on this podcast so that we can bring their message to you. And we don't do this lightly. And I, you know, we say this all the time: is that uh, you know you have to have a belief in the products and the services that are sponsoring here. We don't bring them on lightly. We don't just bring on every sponsor that comes to our door. Um, we don't. And uh, Samsung is doing some good things, not only in the hardware, software world, but also when it comes to insights and thinking. And that's what we're promoting here is insights.samsung.com. It's a place where you can get information that is not all about Samsung. This is what I would call a non-denominational website where they're trying to draw out trends in the industries. And they cover a ton of industries from, uh, you know, mobile uh, they co cover networking, they cover retail, they cover security, they cover storage, the MDM, all this kind of stuff in, in these areas, education, finance, government, healthcare, hospitality, retail, and transportation. So there, there's a lot of information up there and it's updated quite regularly. And on January 28th, so what are we talking about? Two days, three days ago, before the, this weekend, um, they came up with this great, great, great um, um, infographic, which is talking about closing retail sales uh, in store. And this is really about two different solutions, mobile solutions that they're highlighting here about in-store uh, retail and how mobile is having an impact on that. And of course, the first one is about uh, point of sale and the second one is about mobile payments. So great stats, quick, quick peruse, if you will. You can go to insights.samsung.com to take a look at this 
or you can just come to uh, untether.tv. This is episode number 270, as I said, and I will have a direct link there. Um, and uh, it's it's very easy. It can be downloaded, good little uh, synopsis. So uh, this is our another resource from our sponsors, uh, which is Closing Retail Sales In-Store, Fight Back with Mobile. I always think of like Rocky, right? Yo, Adrian, let's, come on, let's fight back with some mobile stuff, okay? Okay, I got a mobile stuff. And that's what I would I would say if, if Rocky was doing the doing the promotions, which he's not, but it's just me. So insights.samsung.com. So go awesome. on, going down. Like Looking that. forward. And, and thank you, Samsung. We really appreciate it. Speaking of people we appreciate, yeah. um, I got an email this week from a, a guy named Philip Cap. That's C-A-P-P. And uh, Philip uh, has a company called Street Green. Um, and uh, their tagline, I love this tagline, it's driving impressions, moving audiences. And these guys, what they do is they do advertising, uh, they call it a side skirt sign. So on these big kind of 18-wheeler trucks that you see on the highways, down on the bottom, a side skirt uh, with advertising on it. So uh, pretty cool stuff. So uh, Philip is a, a big fan of the podcast show. So thanks for sending that note and uh, encouraging Rob and I along to, uh, to keep going. We appreciate it. Philip. Yes. yes. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into a see if the last piece of business here, of course, is uh, uh, our member news. You've got five items. Yes, very quickly. Okay, so we've had a lot of good research. Now, the first story is actually about a research firm, a Toronto-based research firm member uh, called People Count, and uh, these guys, uh, you know, they've focused for for years on on providing sort of measurement around out-of-home uh, advertising and the effectiveness of out-of-home advertising. And and this week, uh, they announced a new product called Places Count, and what Places Count is is a Wi-Fi uh, enabled um, real-time metrics engine uh, that looks at dwell time, return trips, and footpath analytics. Uh, and it's, it's targeted, you know, to their, to their traditional audience, which is the out-of-home community. So basically what they're doing is, is they're, you know, kind of pulling data off Wi-Fi uh, and sensors and then kind of using that data to kind of measure traffic flow patterns um, and, and dwell times in different areas uh, to provide, you know, counting metrics uh, to the uh, providers of advertising uh, media out there to, to understand, you know, it's not just, it's one thing to say 100,000 people walk by this billboard every day uh, and to do that, you know, using, you know, people standing at the street corner and counting, you know, with a, with a little click counter like they did in the old days. It's another thing to do it based on actual smartphone data, you know, that uh, of people passing by. We've seen some of the mobile operators doing that, you know, obviously by using cell tower data. And another way to do it is what, what these guys are doing uh, in, in this new offering called Places Count by, by using Wi-Fi signal data to do that. So People Count launches Places Count, um, and uh, encourage you to take a look at that. Second story is Best Buy. Um, now, just the other day, Rob sat down and did an interview with the folks at Snip Snap and Slice, and uh, they're in the news again uh, this week with um, a partnership with Best Buy. So Best Buy has launched a uh, interactive uh, offering around its catalog browsing experience, and so they've used uh, Slice's uh, visual search technology. So think of this as you're you know you're there uh, in the store or uh, you're you're searching through online in the catalog, and all you need to do if you have the Best Buy Android app in this case. Uh, which now has the slice technology built into it, it is hold the camera lens up over the item and it visually recognizes that item and comes back with the price and availability and all the information. 
you know, kind of like, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Amazon's, you know, flow technology um, that does this. And Amazon, you know, wants you to be able to do that wherever you are. You know, th this is now happening in the store uh, in the case of Best Buy's app. And it makes perfect sense. It should have been there years ago, but it's there now. So there you go. Best Buy has partnered with Slice for visual search technology built into their Android app. All right. Uh, our third story is about our friends at Broadsign, the Montreal-based uh, provider of digital signage software. They've partnered with a company called uh, Via Direct, which I believe is out of Paris. And uh, these guys uh, are uh, being touted as the first vendor to bring 3D wayfinding um, to the market. And so this is a feature that includes the ability to display intuitive multi-floor paths and customizable user interface. Um, and it's a technology that uh, is already being used in malls, hospitals, airports, train stations, etc. So it's a wayfinding technology, but using three-dimensional um, imagery and graphics uh, tied into that. So uh, pretty cool uh, when you can move from kind of flat, you know, 2D, you know, wayfinding to actual 3D, 3D, you know, in the space that you're in. I think that makes uh, a lot of sense for, you know, shopping mall property owners and, and the like. So Broadsign now delivering that in partnership with Via Direct. All right, our fourth story, our good friends at ShopperTrack out of Chicago, now Tyco Retail, since the acquisition that we talked about a little while ago, uh, uh, while they were at NRF, they announced a uh, platform called Advanced Analytics. Could have come up with a better name, guys, but, you know, hey, uh, ShopperTrack now has Advanced Analytics, and this is a... Um, Basically, a system that takes a whole bunch of aggregate data sets, uh, including internal data like marketing campaigns and e-commerce data, as well as the external data, which is like census and weather and other things like that. And all of that together, internal, external, plus shopper tracks core data, which is the traffic data coming from cameras and Wi-Fi and beacons, and being able to blend that all together in a single analytics platform. Um, so this is quite powerful, um, and you can see kind of, I, I think, the early benefits of the uh, sort of merger with uh, uh, some of the other assets inside of Tyco's retail division uh, starting to, uh, to bear fruit there. So there you go, Shopper Tracks Advanced Analytics. And finally, uh, our fifth story, Indoors, that's I-N-D-O-O dot R-S. Uh, this is the uh, company out of Austria, uh, Vienna. Uh, that's in the uh, indoor location space, beacons and such, they have launched the something called their SLAM engine. Uh, SLAM is an acronym. Um, you might remember Apple uh, also used uh, this acronym some time ago, a couple years ago, um, around their internal uh, beaconing technology. But SLAM stands for Simultaneous Localization and Mapping. And what this is all about is when you look at the space of indoor location, Traditionally, you know, we use radio signals uh, coming from Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to position a smartphone. And up until now, up until you had SLAM technology, this requires a sort of man manual fingerprinting type of exercise. And what SLAM does is basically build algorithms around that that allow you to take recording patterns of the radio signals, right? So not just, you know, looking at the signal and where it is, but actually building patterns of radio signals over time uh, and algorithms based on that. That then you can you you can um, basically just have a one-time very quick walkthrough of a building and you understand kind of the layout of that building based on pattern recognition of radio signals and so that's effectively what the SLAM algorithm does and it makes so it makes the process of fingerprinting much faster um, and, and and then basically the delivery of of you know accurate location uh, signaling uh, 
much better uh, on top of that. Um, indoors, if you're over here, by the way, um, at, uh, at the uh, local conference, uh, as I am in Munich, indoors will be speaking uh, at this conference, um, I believe, on Wednesday. Um, so they're going to be over here, as are a number of other guys. Unicast is on a panel with me. Uh, over here as well. So a lot of these guys we've talked about today uh, are big players in the European market and will be here at our European conference. Sweet. Wow, nailed that. I see five stories yeah. from your uh, from your great members of the Location-Based Marketing Association. How many members do you have there now? Three billion? No, we're like 1,100 or something. Close, yeah. to, close to three billion, right? So half the world's population are actually members of the LMA. Yeah, right there. Right there. Boom. You can't bump. Right there. Every second you person you bump into is part of the LBMA. Is that about right? <laughs> Pretty close. It could be, you know. We're on our way to that anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a know, And speaking of members, we just got a new member. Like, literally this morning, as I got off the plane, I got a notification that uh, Locals, uh, that's L-O-C-A-L-Z, mm -hmm. out of the UK that we just covered uh, on the show a couple weeks ago. Has, has just joined the LBMA as well. So they're a UK-based company. So do you think there's a direct correlation of being covered here and becoming a member? Maybe. 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 But I mean, now I know Kohl's is also going to be speaking at the local conference here in Germany. So. Sweet. So why aren't you skiing? That's the question. Together. It all comes together. Well, uh, you should be on, like, aren't you supposed to be skiing? Isn't the ski day uh, for the local conference? No, the, ski, the skiing has been uh, um, canceled, I understand, because what? the weather. Because there's no snow. But we're talking There's about snow. glaciers. Blue skies and green and, like, warm. Like it's supposed to be 14 degrees tomorrow. Yeah, but we're talking about glaciers. Yeah, it ain't happening. What? Yeah. Well, I'm so glad Steam I didn't up. go, man. That would have been it for me. I know. I, I was only going to go there for the skiing. I know, Rob. I know. All right, well, I mean, I'll tell you something here. Is there's pretty much no snow left on the ground here after a couple of days of warmth. It is devastating. I've skied four times this year. Ugh. Anyway. All right, AK, what else is there? Is there anything else we should be talking about? That's all I got. we got a few more minutes left. I could be, I could recite uh, set lists from Bruce Springsteen shows. Oh, there you go. All right? Yeah. I can start. Yeah. I was doing this with my kids yesterday. We were practicing the songs. We're making the signs. We've done the T-shirts. We're ready to go. I cannot believe this is happening. And you know what? I, I was on uh, whatever, like, you know, StubHub or whatnot. And mm -hmm. do you know how much my tickets are worth on the black market? A thousand bucks a pop. Wow. $1,000. Wow. I'm like, well, you know what? We See, now, that, like that, you know, I, I'm sure for Bruce Springsteen, that's that's still probably a deal for some people. Yeah, you I know? can't imagine. Whereas, you know, I was over at my parents' house on the weekend, and my mom was there, and she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to go see uh, Diana Ross is performing. <laughs> really? And I'm like, really, really? Like you're going to go see Diana Ross? My kids are looking at me, going, "Who's Diana Ooh, Ross? Who's Diana Ross? Who's yeah. Diana Ross? Yeah." And how much is she paying for those tickets? Oh, not I don't know, probably like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought about it seriously yesterday. It was I was like a thousand bucks. Like <clears throat> so, that's four thousand dollars that I could put in my pocket and go on like a month of vacation, or. Spend one night with Bruce Springsteen and the Jersey Devil. There you go. And guess what I chose? <clears throat> it was a no-brainer for me. My kids are no like, brain. sell it, Dad. Then you can buy me my computer. I'm like, no way, kid. <laughs> you are going to remain completely technologically illiterate, and we're going to go we, listen we to... You pay for one semester of your college education. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or 
three and a half hour concert by Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen. And guess what? As a good parent, I chose yeah. the Springsteen concert. It's a better education. It really is. You can learn about the heart, the working man, and the challenges that the working man has by going to see this concert. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, yes, I'm excited about it. I'll give you a full rundown uh, for our next episode, which will be uh, 271 next week, of course, uh, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it's the perfect, I'll uh, give the perfect summary because I'll be videotaping the whole damn thing. I can't oh. wait. I'm pumped. All right, Asifo, then let's end this thing. Well, we've still got a little bit of dignity and respect from our listening audience. Uh, and let's not make this into the Bruce Springsteen show. I'm thinking of doing an entire podcast just on Bruce Springsteen. Um, I don't think that'll fly. The audience will be of one, just me. Um, but we will be back for 271 next week. Asif, enjoy the LOCA conference. We expect a full rundown of how that went down next week. Is that fair? We'll do, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. For, those, oh, for those of you that are out there listening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of episode number 270. We expect you back for 271. And to our sponsor, Samsung, we thank you for being a part of this episode as well. We salute you. Yes, we salute you. And if, you know what? If there's anybody from Samsung out there, we would definitely uh, hug anybody from Samsung. Um, absolutely. So go to insights.samsung.com. And be sure to be back here next week for 271. See, safe travels, my friend. Make it back to Toronto in one piece. Enjoy the conference. We'll see you later. Thanks, bud. Yeah.